Welcome back to Bear With Me. The Boston Bruins defeat the St. Louis Blues at home and advance to 11-2-0 through 13 games and remain first in the Atlantic, first in the Eastern Conference, and still tied for first place in the National Hockey League. I'm Joey Capone. That's Rob Tachi. Rob, what's going on, buddy? Uh, feeling good. I just got home. I was at, I was at the game this evening. Uh, I, I set a, an absolute world record for time between my apartment and TD Garden, so I'm pretty thrilled about that. The Boston uh, Bruins game? Excuse me? The Boston Bruins game? That's what? Is, the, is that the game you, were, you said the game? Is that the game you were at? Did they play tonight? We're going to have an interesting show. Okay. I'll wing it. I'll make it up as I go along. <laughs> uh, dude, there are times where I live in New Hampshire. You live in Boston. Mm-hmm. I feel like our commute home from the garden is like the same. A lot of the no, time. I, I've said many times that it was significantly faster for me to get to TD Garden when I lived in Nashua than it does now that I live in Boston. Like it's I live crazy. on like the west end of Boston. So like I have to go through most of Boston to get there. And it takes me if I were to drive from my apartment just to the garden, I think it would take me about 40 minutes most most nights. And when I lived in Nashua, to go there from Nashua to Sullivan Square, which is usually how I get to games, would be about 30 minutes. I mean, that's that's just insane. Dude, Boston's a city that's outgrown its infrastructure. It it makes no sense to to live in the city and or, or to commute across the city living in the city. When the streets know. the streets make no sense. They were designed by horses 300 years ago, and no one's thought to change it. Because it's kind of too late. Like, we kind of just have to live with it. It's kind of the charm. It's part of the charm. Um, now, before we get to the Blues game, yes. we should probably address the bigger headline. Yes, right? yes we should. Yeah, ever, should ever so right briefly. It. As it was like half of our show earlier uh, in in the this weekend, the Boston Bruins have officially released Mitchell Miller. I almost forgot his name. I'm sure I will. I hope I will. I thought but I was going to have to step in there. I yeah, I did. I was like, "Is Mitchell his last name?" Is his... but uh, yeah, no. Mitchell Miller is gone. Um, Cam Neely gave a press conference on Monday. He sure did. And and we're gonna we should probably dive into that a little bit. Break it yeah. down. Uh, yeah, yeah. But but he is officially gone and. Oh, man, are there a lot of quotes to dissect. The whole press conference was one long look at this awful quote, quote. That's a bad way of saying that. It was like the most false accountability you can possibly muster up. It's like, hey, like this is on us. Like it's on me. I should have done a better job. And, And I'm here to apologize for that. And then in the same breath being like, well, it wasn't actually me. And um, we didn't know a lot of this stuff. And a lot of new stuff has come to light. And uh, we just love the fans. It's like the, it, it was it was it was half hearted, to say the least. I think I think it looked panicked. I think that's like the, the one adjective I would I would put to it more than anything else. Neely looked disheveled. He looked like he didn't sleep last night. <laughs> he really, dude, his, I mean, if you're going into that kind of press conference, j- just trim up the beard, get a, you know, get some gel in the hair. You don't have somebody no, to, to make you look a little presentable. It just looked like 
Well, it looked like he's been dealing with a PR nightmare for 72 hours is what it looked like. I've always been uh, a little confused on the the differences and responsibilities between like the president and the GM. And that has never been more apparent to me that I have no clue on like, st- like strongly knowing what it is exactly to those roles does. Cause for Neely to have that whole press conference where he's basically like, yeah, our vetting process wasn't good enough. Like I believe they did a good enough job. And it's like, you're the president of a one and a half billion dollar organization. What are you, what do you do? Did you just like, you're like, oh, here's this like insanely controversial signing. Like, there's no way that it, at the very least, this wasn't going to be at least a little controversial. And he even said, he was like, I knew there would be some backlash. I just didn't realize it'd be this much. But you knew it, 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 this was a swing. And you had no oversight in how this went. Or you did, and you're exactly. just lying about it now. Exactly. It's like, I understand as the president of the team, which sounds so stupid. Sounds like... <laughs> That sounds like what like a five year old would call the person in charge of the team. Without I'm the president, is he the president of the Bruins? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the chairman, <laughs> as the like, it makes sense that like he has his hands in a lot of jars, and it makes sense that like player ops is only one of the seats at the table. But when you have a admittedly, knowingly controversial signing taking place you don't get a little more involved and uh not even a little more just any amount any amount just just the slightest bit and neely did kind of beat around the bush when he was asked about any inter team disciplinary actions i believe i i want well i want your thoughts first what do you what did you get from that did you feel one way or the other about what, what- he actually meant by that and this was when somebody asked, like he was talking about how like we are going to be evaluating internally. Yeah. And there could be consequences for this. Yeah. So that was the question. And his answer was like, well, yeah, I have a lot of work to do on that. We're going to look into that. I, I don't know, honestly. I mean, we talked last episode about like how I was like kind of leaning towards. I think this could do Sweeney in. And you're like, I don't see that really realistically happening. Um. So I don't, I don't know, like, cause I want to be able to say with some hope that like, this could be the end for Sweeney. Um, but I can't really say that with confidence. I can't really name anybody else who could be a fall guy here. I don't really see Neely himself losing his job over this. Um, at least just because of the language he used, unless he decides to be the guy to fall on the grenade, but he kind of kept like putting, he, passing the buck like he was like they didn't it was all like they like they didn't do enough even when he said we it was kind of like a collective we not like i was in the room with them but like the people that i share an organization with didn't hold up their end and i assumed that they would yeah Um, so i don't when he he said we he kind of almost always included we as an organization yeah um so i i truly don't know i I would be surprised if nothing comes from this, like truly nothing. I think the highest end of it is Sweeney gets fired. I don't think anything more could come from that. Uh, but they've just, Neely and Sweeney just have this like boys club thing going where they just keep propping each other up that I, I, I don't know what much bigger than this other than like the Bruins, like catastrophically falling off and missing the playoffs for like two years in a row could get Sweeney fired at this point. 
So if it's not this, then I don't really know what to expect. But I also do not fully expect this to end Don Sweeney's career in Boston. I personally, when I heard Neely say, oh, yeah, I've got a lot of looking into that kind of stuff to do, that I heard hot air. I heard nothing. I heard him placating the media and just saying, here, here's your pacifier. Write this. Shut up about it. Uh, I, I don't. This is all just gut. There's no sources here. There's no, I'm not hearing anything. This is not based on anything. This is just going off of Neely's tone and, and, and also, you know, like I said, just, just kind of going off my gut. That felt like him saying, oh yeah, we're really going to look into that. I don't, like you said, there's a boys club there and I think that boys club remains. I don't think that anything really comes of it. If there is, maybe there's a fall guy along the path, another person in player ops, but Sweeney himself, I don't see. I just don't see. It's like you look at the chain of command within the Bruins, right? Neely's not surrendering his job. The Jacobs are not firing Neely. Neely is not firing Sweeney. So, like, if you if you just look at the chain of command, it's like those guys are 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 pretty untouchable as long as like the team keeps pulling in money. In which case, in which case, the Jacobs are the one who who step in because maybe they find somebody who they think can make them more profitable. That's pretty much it. So, uh, personally, I just think that was, like I said, a pacifier to the media saying, "Here, suck on this." write this in your in your little column but yeah no you'll forget about this in a week um if if neely is harped on it the next time he's he gives some press availability i'd be very interested to see what it is that he says but uh barring that i don't i don't i don't really have any expectations or hopes or anything for for that that kind of felt empty to me yeah, I, I would say the whole conference kind of press conference felt a little empty because, okay, so the way I look at it is obviously with the backlash, I say obviously, but I don't think there was any way they could hold on to Miller after no. what happened. That was I've truly in a decade of closely following hockey, I don't think I've ever seen as unanimous of a response from the entire, nearly the entire hockey world to being like, what are you doing? You need to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had to do that and then they can't just let him go and then just like not say anything like they need to have at least a press conference. And that's all it, this felt like an obligation. Like it was like, Hey, we released him. It's pretty wild that we even got this far. Oops, our bad. We're going to look into it. And then Neely just walks into the sunset. Like, like I didn't feel like there was like, there was a lot of like, one of the questions I'm most curious about and it didn't even get answered was how much money is Mitchell Miller still making off of this? Because I don't know if he makes any. I don't know if he makes any. So it, it, that kind of entry it's level. Gonna, it, could go, it could go to court. It's it's not just like, a, oh, contract's over kind of thing. They guarantee he, is, he had a $3 million contract with the Boston Bruins. I, I don't know the details of that. I don't know. I don't know. I thought I did. I don't. To my understanding... And please fact check me if anybody knows I'm wrong on this. 
is that the ways to get out of a contract or for a contract to end is both parties need to agree or the person under contract needs to have violated the contract or they can buy them out in some capacity. I don't really see Miller agreeing with dissolving it. And I don't, I mean, we are discussing all the shit he did, but I think breaking the contract or violating it needs to be actions done after it was signed. So I don't think that would, anything he's done before the contract would apply. So I think there is some amount of money that could end up going Miller's way, either just through an outright buyout or like they go to court because he's like, hey, we had a contract and then you just decided no. Yeah, especially if he knows his NHL dream is essentially dead. 100%. Then, then this is probably the most money he's ever going to see in his life. So he's probably going to want that $3 million. Yeah. Um, One thing I wanted to say on last episode, but but I forgot to, and you just reminded me of it. I want to pat somebody on the back. I want to give a huge, uh, uh, what's, what's that phrase? Giving somebody their, uh, their flowers. I have no idea. I want to give somebody their flowers and it's not a somebody. It's a, it's a who buddy. It's a whole bunch of buddies <laughs> and it's Boston. It's new mm. England Yeah. for a long time. This city has had a reputation, especially in the sports world, wherein, uh, I mean, I'm going to say, I'm just going to beat around. I don't know why I'm trying to be cutesy about it. Like it, Boston's had a racist reputation for a really long time. And the, the things that got it, that reputation were like really deserved. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think this is like a really great example and turning point where you can point to and, and say like, Hey, like, like, Oh, like, like that, like the Boston today is not the Boston of old. Like whatever example you want to throw from like, Hey, this player who played there in the seventies said that he got called racial slurs when he was playing like, okay. In, in 2022, a, a player was signed who had a, a racist history behind him. And, a hundred percent or damn near a hundred percent of the fan base said, absolutely not. You're not one of us. You don't play with, we don't want you representing us. And I think that like give credit where credit's due. Boston deserves a pat on the back for that. That like, and I don't think it was ever a reputation thing. I don't think it was ever in question that like, Oh, we have to change our image. And that's why this guy can't come here. I think it was just earnestly an honest feeling from the fan base that said, we don't want this guy. You're, you're not part of this. You're not part of our organization. This is this family, this club, this whatever you want to call it. Like, you're not going to represent us, dude. Like, that's not who we are. So kudos to, to the Boston fans for, for, for taking a step in redefining what this city is as far as sports fans go. I'm going to be an asshole, and I don't really don't mean to be. Yeah. Do we deserve a pat on the back for just not being racist? I don't think it's that. I don't think it's being right. I just think like, like I totally get what you mean by like, like Boston absolutely still has that reputation. Like even think of like Joel Ward, like that game, like Bruins Capitals, like that was not that long ago. All things considered, you're also yeah. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about a person or two. You're talking about some people who, again you don't want representing the entire fan base. Of course not. 
I, maybe not kudos, maybe not a pat on the back, maybe not flowers. Maybe yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to undermine you here either. Maybe like, it's I completely closer get your to, point, but maybe it's it's closer to hey, look. Like yeah, that's yeah, okay. world. It's more what it is. It's more like a yeah. hey, everybody who has this to say about Boston, take a look at this. Yeah. Like like the the like, like you're not putting it on your resume, but you're like, can we like somebody notice this? Like exactly. It's just yeah. like a hey, can we all take a peek at the fact that like that Boston did yeah. stand up for the no, right I, side? I, I was super proud of that too, because honestly, I was not sure how universal that response was going to be at first. Because I mean, like I mean, just who I am and like the people I follow and like that kind of mindset. Like you try to avoid echo chambers, but like on social media, like that's kind of super hard to do. So I was not really sure if the posts I was seeing from the accounts I follow across social medias were like fully representative of all of Boston's like hockey market or just Boston or just the sports world. But like the further you widen your, your views or not even your views, but like the scope of like who you're reading up on and like what they have to say again, like how constant the amount of like the ratio people opposed to it, to supporting it was heartening. It's like, good. Like we're all basically on the same page. And like, I know a few people that kind of took the, um, cancel culture route. And like, that's a conversation that like, after a while you kind of just beating your head against the wall. Like you're kind of, you both know how you feel about it and you're not really going to convince each other. And I think, but that, that population of people was small enough where I was still really proud to see how many other people that were on the other side of it. Like, okay, it's not just me. I'm not like overreacting. We're all basically like, yeah, no, this is fucked. Like we can't do this. We can't allow this to happen. We can't set this precedent. And it made me happy to see. So, it sucked yeah. that it happened to begin with, but I don't think the players or the city or the hockey world in general could have handled it much better than they did. So that's great. That That's like reassuring. It was like almost like a heat check. Like, where are we at with this? We tried to pull this over and it was like immediately swatted down, which is good to see. And no, I think that's 100%. good to know going forward. For the reasons you just mentioned, the echo chamber thing and the the beating your head against the wall, knowing you're not getting anywhere thing are like the two like main reasons. I don't really talk like political stuff or like social issues or anything with, with basically with anyone, Mm -hmm. like unless you're like a really close friend of mine, like, and I know where you stand and I feel comfortable, like telling you how I feel and knowing like, Hey, there might be a little discourse, but like, Hey, we can, we can talk it out. Like I really just avoid it. Cause it's like, you're just you're not going to get anywhere for one reason or another. No. You're either just saying the same things at each other, or you're or you're just saying the opposite things at each other, and um, particularly like family and like older generations, like there's usually a disconnect, right? So that's I I, I steer clear of that like as much as I can. And um, my dad, <laughs> I didn't I didn't text my dad about this and or or whatever. Like you know we we talk bees every day. It's like what me and my dad do we talk bees we talk socks and he talks pats at me and i go i bet they're doing great that's awesome i'm i love watching red zone and uh, i like all the, the teams. least amount of football possible and i'm like hey do you like lamar jackson dad do you see him sometimes He's not the patriots anyway um my dad texted me a link 
to the signing the other day. There's like a, a a link to the tweet about the signing, and the only text he sent with it was boobs. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Which, most succinct way of addressing all of it, too. It's my favorite take on it so far. Is just boobs. What boobs? Like That's I, it. yeah. I, I wish more people used that term the way my father does and the way Megan from Drake and Josh <laughs> yeah, does. Yeah, it's truly the only That's other person I've never used. The only folks. I think I'm gonna start adapting or adopting it and using it myself. Just say like when my dad tells a story, he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I got here like this boob was in front of me on 93, going 55 in the left lane," and it's like I never adopted it. I'm gonna start using boob. What a boob! I wish I I swore more whimsically. Not just crassly. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. Bozo like, is a fun one to use too. This fucking bozo. Like, oh my dad, my dad's other one, which is real close to bozo, is knucklehead. Yeah. Oh, that's that's such a dad expression. My knucklehead. dad loves knucklehead. These knucklehead boobs. He'd never say that. That's too far. He'd never say that. <laughs> Combining those. Yeah. No, that's. He's a <laughs> family man. Getting a little personal there. Um. All right. Do, do you want to? Do you want to get into this game here? Yeah, I feel like that's good. Like that's yeah, they dropped right. him. We're moving on. The team was happy about it. We're good. Fuck them. Uh, now you were at the game. I was I watching was. the broadcast. Um, so we're gonna have some different perspectives. Yeah, I mean, this is the first episode that we've viewed the game differently. Yeah. So the first thing I'll tell you before the puck dropped, um, the Peter McNabb tribute. Yes. Um, Jack Edwards got choked up on the broadcast talking about it twice. Oh, Jack. And then the first five minutes of the game, it was noticeable in his voice too. But, but when he tossed it to um, the, the uh, PA announcer who, who ended up doing the, the McNabb tribute and playing the video, which I thought was great. uh, He, he visibly or, or notably got choked up. And then when it came back and, and the crowd was cheering, he said, nobody's, ever had a conversation with Peter McNabb and walked away without a smile on their face. And I thought that was a beautiful, beautiful way of saying it. Jack is, is obviously very gifted with his words. It's literally his job, but I, I thought that was very, very eloquent. And I don't think I've ever heard Jack get like that. I, I have no memory of that either. And I have a pretty strong memory when it comes to Jack Edwards lines. Uh, yeah, when they were in the in the crowd too, right as they were like kind of announcing they were about to do the actual like read over for uh, McNabb, mm-hmm. right as it got quiet, someone in the stand yelled, "We love you, Pete!" And then, like it it rang through, like everybody heard that. What was the thing? There was a guy the 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 team chef passed away at the beginning of this season. Chef Keith. Chef Keith unexpectedly, and during his tribute, somebody yelled something. And I thought it was just like some disrespectful asshole. And then you said, like, no, did you hear what he said? What 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 was it? Oh, yeah. Um I wish I could remember it offhand. It was like something that is yelled in kitchens. So I, I've worked in herd, herd chef. Yeah, herd chef. Uh yes. yeah, which is it's so I've worked in restaurants for on and off for I think like five or six years in my life. Um, and that's just like chef is like the being the president of the kitchen, like um, that's a respect thing to call a hundred percent. Yeah, it's just chef. And mm-hmm. when the chef tells you something to acknowledge, you heard you say, "Heard chef." There's so many different ways. That, that's not like the only way, but it was adjacent enough to language I've heard used in kitchens to recognize like that was like a very niche recognition and like 
people in the know kind of showing their love. Mm-hmm. I like that for McNabb, they didn't do a uh, a moment of silence. They did a moment of celebration. Yeah, I like that. I think that's, that's better. Awesome. Like, yeah. you don't, you know, it's depending on the scenario, obviously. But yeah, but but that seemed that seemed appropriate for the kind of guy he was. So it did. Um, uh, the the a good tribute to the video team there and the and and the the whole on ice um ceremonies crew whoever puts that on i don't know what you'd call that team they do a great job so yeah it ending with like him talking about how him and bobby Orr are like one goal apart from each other so no one could literally ever get between them i love that that really got people yeah that was that was really i was like you couldn't even finish that sentence and the cheering started yeah cemented together forever nobody can come between them that's that's awesome all right the tale of this game this will go down as the first game in the white poo bears one and oh thank you very much undefeated retire it no just kidding i love it too much <laughs> never it should be the away jersey i'm gonna say right now it won't be because they that can't happen but they could announce it tonight be like yeah we're just gonna wear this for all away games and i would be thrilled if they said they were doing it for half of their home games i'd be happy with i think there's only like six games they wear it at home and mm-hmm. we're still getting a winter classic jersey too I can't believe it. What a year. I'm going to have to get multiple jerseys. All right. I already wanted, I already said I was going to get a Krejci jersey when they announced mm-hmm. he was coming back. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Pooh Bear. All right. I got to get Bergeron Pooh Bear because that's like basically the first jersey he wore as a Bruin. And mm-hmm. depending on how good it is, I'm going to have to get a fucking Winter Classic one too. Like, you take so much of my money, Bruins. Like, stop coming out with jerseys. Like, give me a year to like save up a bit more. I think I'm, I think I'm going for three jerseys this year. Right, I'm going. I I got to do. I got to do the classic and the retro, and then I'm gonna get <laughs> whatever jersey Noshik scores his first goal. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get a Noshik jersey. I love third fourth line jerseys. Just just love them. That that you talked about one. getting a Grizzly jersey a couple years ago too. Talked about Grizzly. Um, I had a um, I had a Heinen jersey. Uh, oh, wow! Who's the other one that I had. Oh my God! Swede, super blonde. Soderberg? No. Oh, it's a forward. What era was this? Five years ago. I don't know. I threw away three jerseys when I moved because they were covered in cat hair so bad that I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to. <laughs> no, watch. this this is great uh, because when Joe, right before he did that, he called me. You 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 Facetime me and you ask permission to throw away a jersey. It was the marshy one. It was my yeah, last. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. You're like, I need someone else to tell me it's okay to get rid of this jersey. And I, at first, I was like, you can't. And then you showed me it. I'm like, I, I that might be gone. Like that might be too far gone. <laughs> I mean, it became my cat's bed. It was more cat than jersey at that point. It was like <laughs> somehow between the fibers, like it wasn't just on top, and you got to scrape it off. It's embedded in the jersey yeah, it was mostly cat you can't wear you can't wear a cat kevin not anymore um <laughs> i i will we'll maybe we'll put up a poll and help the people or let the people help us decide like what what jerseys to go with i'm definitely not like a a, a top line jersey guy but it, if it's bergie's last dance 
it's Krejci's last dance. Maybe you do that. I don't know. We'll, 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 maybe we'll put up some polls and whatever. We'll, we'll get some some fan interaction and see like what the listeners think and, and, and help us make those decisions. But the Bruins, as of this moment, are undefeated in their reverse retro jerseys. And at um, home. And at home, still 7-0 and at home. Okay, I really want to start off with that stat that I sent you uh, because it makes me very happy. This is from Kevin Dupont on Twitter. He said the Bruins are seven and zero on home ice, and uh, the time with the lead opponents through those seven games have a minute and seventeen seconds in the lead, <laughs> and the Bruins have two hundred and fifty-one minutes and forty seconds. In the lead. So there's always room a for minute improvement. Forty-one is that from one game? A or minute? Is that no, a minute seventeen. <laughs> Is that spread over two games? Is that in one game? What is that? I don't even. I can't even remember what game that was. When were we ever losing at home? I. It doesn't sound like something this season of Bruins would do. No. <laughs> you know how like good my my reaction to that was. It was not like holy shit, what a discrepancy. It's like when the fuck were we not in the lead? Like it wasn't. I wasn't even like. I couldn't even enjoy how insane the difference between those numbers was. I was just confused that they at any point had a lead over the Bruins. And I was yeah. kind of like, what? Who did this to us? Like, when was that? Oh, but that's just so good. I love that so much. Uh, uh, well, but, this this game started. This game started with a ton of penalties. That a was lot. The, the tale of the first period was too many. Four penalties. Three, uh, I think. Five. Five. I'm sorry. <laughs> Five penalties in the first period. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, two the Bruins way, three the Blues way, three consecutive ones the Blues way. And it started. Yeah. Um, there was there was some. There's one that you asked me about. It was the Grizzly trip. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack called that a dive before that was even called. So, I mean, the... the there was a soft one or two, and 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 you think that maybe a soft one is going to turn to one the other way, and instead it turned into two more Blues power plays. And I'll tell you that whole time, dude, I just still wasn't worried. Okay, absolutely, because in the first fifteen minutes of that first period, including three power plays, the Blues had taken three shots. Good God, not great for them. No. Yeah, and like you know how I like to give context for the game. The Blues are so bad this year, so bad. Mm-hmm. Which we, okay, so the record coming in was um, three six and zero, oh, which yeah. is really not great. They are there came in tonight thirty first in the league, last in the division, last in the mm-hmm. conference. Three six and zero. Oh, you think that might? It's not good, but I would not look at that and be like they're in last. Am I wrong? It's like three, uh, it's six, no, it's worse. Close worse. To last. You might think there's one team behind them, but like it's damn close. Well, there to is, last. to be fair. But you know what's you know what's funny? Do you know what their record was through three games? Was it, what was it? It was three and zero. They lost six in a row coming into this game. So they pulled a Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh started the season four and zero, and they're on a seven game losing streak. Right and now. now the now the Boston Blues, the St. Louis <laughs> Blues, are also on a seven game losing streak oh after God. tonight. It is crazy. Stay out of our way. Yeah. Don't, I mean, Boston's not the team you yeah. want to play when you've lost six in a row. Yeah. It, they, it, go ahead. You go ahead, please. Okay, I'll go ahead. Go I ahead. Got, no, I got all the numbers. Yeah, they're coming tonight. Like, the Bruins are still first 
in goals per game, they were at 4.17 going into tonight, which is lower than I thought it was. Still in first place. The Blues were in last place at 2.33, and they're in 28th place in goals allowed at 3.89. Not great. Not great. So you're averaging giving up almost four goals a game against a team who's averaging scoring over four goals a game. <laughs> you know what's probably going to happen? They're probably going to score, score right around four goals. Score a lot of goals. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, as like uh, commenting on the game as a whole, this game was way closer than it probably should have been. Not super close. But it like never it wasn't felt like. It. No, because like the Bruins for a lot of it were outplaying them, but they did that thing where they just are constantly taking their foot off the gas and letting the other team get back into it. Like the Bruins always seem to play to the level of their opponent. Not so much this year as it was in the last few seasons. And like that is a good and bad thing. Because if you play a really great team, they're going to play really well. But if they play a shitty team, they're just not going to fully show up that night. And like the Sabres come to mind. Like we always have a, a weirdly hard time beating the Sabres. Like and they're not typically a great team, but those games are like not auto wins. Like they're usually closer than they need to be. I mean, Ottawa is a similar way. Yeah. It's like why are our Ottawa games always so interesting? Ottawa games are so weird. It's like Such when the that weirdest games. Be, that that should be an easy win. And it's always like two guys get hurt. And then there's like a three goal comeback and then it gets to a shootout. It's like, what? Against yeah, there's like Sanders? five goals in 10 minutes every time we play the Sounders. There's weird plays, weird hits, usually like big injuries. I've gone on record before. And I don't know if I've said on the show, Bruins Senators games are always very weird. Always. 100% of the time. And another thing people aren't talking about, which is why I'm hey, here. You turned me onto it. You really did. You pointed it out. A while ago. Yeah. Even when I told you it was kind of like not even a guess, but I'm like, it seems this way. And then after I announced it, every time they played, it kept happening. I'm like, I'm on to something here. What is this? They're always weird games. It's like it's must watch TV. If you think, ah, oh, it's the Sens. The Sens suck. What, what, what they were playing the Sens tonight. That sucks. No. Watch. Something's gonna happen. Something big is gonna happen and it's gonna be weird. But but the blues in a in a weird way, dude, it's like even though they're a shitty team, it's like almost solely based on their history, their recent history anyway, it's like you know it's going to be more neck and neck than it probably would be on paper. And and that proved to be the case even though it didn't it, it didn't feel like it in the moment. No. Uh, th this this is one that that felt like they were going to win the whole time. They had so much time in the zone in the first period. Um Jake had that Beautiful goal in the first period off off a backhand from Pasta coming that from that pass was awesome, unreal, and the so, Selly from Jake too. It was great. Yeah, that was like early enough in the game where everybody was like, "Here we go!" Like we're about to score five. Like the vibes were mm -hmm. really good in the Garden tonight, and especially for a Monday. I don't know if it was the jerseys or what, but like <laughs> the beers were flowing tonight. Dude, it seemed like I was gonna try to make a segue. Fuck me for trying to do that. I'm not going to try to be that. cute with it, dude. There was something I didn't love that happened. Let's hear it. Right shortly after that goal, though. You know exactly what I'm going to say, dude. The boys got physical with Tory Krug. Oh, it was Charlie Coyle got physical. It with was Tory Coyle, Krug. and then Grizzy got in there, too. Did he not? I think he did a bit. I So this is, like, again, where it's, like, the difference between watching in person and watching in TV is, like, I see it happening, but I don't get replays. I don't get close-ups. I'm just like, oh, that's 
like it happened and I, I looked at my buddy i'm like is that krug and it's not too hard to recognize krug on the ice it kind yeah. of sticks out in the way that he doesn't stick out because he's five foot nine but it, it was like I I got no replay on it or anything. I just saw that it happened. They got they got into it, dude. I I was not a fan of it. They were they were shoving a little more personally than than uh, your average push and shove. And uh, I don't know, dude. Tori's one of those off limits guys. Um, I mean, is is there any off limits guys? Like, is there any like, oh, we can't come after you kind of thing? Like the, the Chara had some Krug. quote about this. He was just like, it's like, uh, you can be best friends off the ice, but when you're on the ice, you're opponents. Like, that's it. Like, I would be pissed if I learned that one of the Bruins, like, let up on someone on the other team just because they, it was like a former Bruin. Like, I don't care. In, right play, now, in play versus post play are totally different. I in mean, like, play, if, like, if you don't go into the corner and hit Zidane Chara, yeah, you're, you're a goofball. You're a loser. Like, yeah like get in there play the game but like to be like trading cross checks with tory krug i'm like oh guys don't do that also like coil versus krug like krug is like you know very scrappy like that was always kind of one of his things it's like he dropped the gloves pretty quickly yeah coil is a very strong human being that is that would not be too much too much of a fight i'll say that i'm this isn't a legitimate criticism i'm not saying hey charlie like do not do that. You did the wrong thing. I'm more saying like, I'm speaking from the heart is what yeah, I'm you don't, you don't, saying. You just don't like to see that. That's, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to like give a, a criticism here by any stretch. I'm just saying, I don't like to see my dad's fighting. It's like that kind of deal. It's like a, I just like Tori Karuk. Can yeah. we not? Hey, don't do that. I like that guy. That's all I'm saying. I'm a cute. I'm a big crew guy. Cause Krug, uh, that was the first year I started watching hockey was his uh, emergence. That is true. Yeah. Because that was, he came up in the second round when we played Mm -hmm. the Rangers, like against Lundquist. And he scored four goals in five games on Henrik Lundquist in his first five games in the NHL. Not even playoffs, his first five games in the NHL. That's crazy. It is wild. It It was the first jersey I ever bought for myself was a Tory Crew jersey. It was from China and it cost $40. Those are the only ones. Those it are the only ones to get. So bad, <laughs> um, dude. Yeah, I have. I have a couple. You should look at my closet and see all the shades of gold that my Bruins jerseys have. I saw a jersey at the Garden tonight. It didn't mm. say Pasternak. It said David Pasternak on the back. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I'd put my first name on the back. I'd, it would just say Joe. <laughs> Joey, you know who I am. It's you just know, Joe. You know the rest. Uh, speaking of goalies, dude, because you brought up Lundqvist, did you find it odd that Omark was starting tonight? Um, it didn't yes. feel weird, so right? I, so but... I, I had predicted that they would go to Kincaid just because I think in my head, I'm like, not, not that they're itching to get Kincaid on the ice, but like they know that they should at some point. Now, I mean, itching re- to get Omark off the ice. Well, I'll say in retrospect, it's like, well, he had a good, he, I mean, they lost against Toronto, but he sold a good game. He only let in two goals. Like, I do not think Olmark's performance that game was an issue, especially like the Matthews goal. Like, I don't know how much more you can square up to that than he did. It just went in. Yeah. But again, in retrospect, now that, so they played tonight and they don't play again until Thursday. So he gets Tuesday and Wednesday off. Um, mm-hmm. 
I and like I don't even like they had like there's like rules requiring like if you're going to have an emergency call up, they need to play X many games in X many days. Mm-hmm. So like, he needs to play at some point. It's not just to have a backup. Mm-hmm. So and like I could keep guessing when it would be like, I guess Calgary makes sense. Like they're not super great. Calgary. Does and then we play sense. and we play, I think, Buffalo and then Vancouver after that. So there's a back. Okay, so there's a back to back Saturday, Sunday. So he's absolutely playing one of those games. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see Olmark Thursday, Kincaid Saturday, Olmark Sunday. If you really want to keep riding Olmark, because go for it. Like he's what is like seven zero and one, eight zero and one. I could even see it inversed, where Kincaid goes Thursday, Sunday. He's nine zero and one. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, like anything like that, like he will be playing. But I was, yeah, I, I will say. I was a little bit surprised it wasn't Kincaid. This felt like when he was going to play, but yeah, I'm glad he did. Omar, dude, I mean, he's the real deal, dude. He he's so good. Oh God, sorry. (laughs) Oh God, I'm going to throw up. Uh, (laughs) That's how good he is. (laughs) I'm going to be causes indigestion. Highlights. Uh, I mean, just just so many opportunities that that like you almost surrender where you see a guy on a breakaway or you see a, you know, a two on one and you think like, okay, all right, like we'll come back from this. And you're kind of already counting it in your head and he just shuts it down and makes it look easy. He's not a flashy guy. He's not flashing the leather. He's not, you know, falling back doing splits. Like it's, it's positional. Great, he's positional. And, and he's it's like, big. You're so used to seeing, I mean, for the last what, 12, 13 years, how far back do I have to go? For Tuca? For I'm trying to go back to Tim Thomas. I like was how say how far back do you have to go to find a goalie who's not flashy? Because even then it's like you go back to Razor. I would not describe Tuca Rask as super flashy. There were like shades of Thomas, but I would say that most of Tuca's success came from being a positional goalie. Like he was just always square. Like but he, has, he had he has a theatrical high... element to him big time. He played. He played up the the flash and the leather holding holding the puck. Like he he would, he would get flashy with it. Eh, no. Like I mean, yes, in the way that all goalies do. But like I don't not think I ever. I don't think I would ever describe Tukarask as a flashy goaltender. That's not how I would describe him. Not the first like three words, anyways. It's like his desperation saves and his like gymnastics and acrobatics. Yeah, are just like, but it's not maybe not his, flashy, it, but like it, he it, has it in his back pocket, but he doesn't lean on it. Like Jonathan Quick leans on it, like that is like, and yeah, fair, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jonathan he, was quick, good god, yeah. But no, I would say like he had that in his back pocket. And I always joked him like, well, there's the Thomas prodigy or the Thomas like pedigree, really. Mm-hmm. But no, I I, I feel like ninety nine percent of Ras saves were just him being square to the puck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not and wrong. Kind of just like his, his athletic ability, I guess, is 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 maybe a better way to put it. He's very athletic, still. Yes. That like you're not. Olmark is not putting like athletic ability on display. He's just putting his brain and his like goalie know how on display, and and that gets the job done. You didn't and see it been, so much this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's it's just been a long time since you've seen a goalie who does that in in a Boston Bruins uniform. It's been yeah. Uh, probably close to two decades. So uh, it, it's it's just interesting to see just like a, a, a straightforward, get the job done, not flashy, not acrobatic, just 
I'm in position and I, and I shut you down and whether you're ready to count this goal or not, I'm not going to make you your head spin on a crazy save that I made. I'm just going to make you go. Oh, okay. Oh, we got it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can agree with that. Like, I don't like when he makes a save, it's not, Holy shit. It's like, yep, he got it. Like it's in a good way, like in a consistent, sustainable way. Yeah. Uh, I would like to talk about Brad Marchand. Oh, like I o- like I always do. So <laughs> like with the three power plays for um who did we play? The blues tonight. Mm-hmm. Marchand had like what? Like eight shorthanded entries coming up at the left wing during those three power plays. Like there was there was we were easily out, we were out shooting them on their own power plays. And like you can't you can't get Brad Marchand the puck when when you're on the power play. He will almost certainly score on you. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. His first career goal was shorthanded. I he did went, not know that, but that's yeah. great. That's, Isn't it? Because of course it is. Like, of, yeah, that that's just very on brand. I'd love that. Also, uh, I noticed that my phone, when I try to type Marshy, it autocorrects to anarchy, which I love. Cool. That's right. Cool. When I type Jake, it, it autocorrects to all caps, Jake. Me too. And also shorthanded goes all caps for some reason. I assume that has something to do with Martian as well. I would imagine. I would imagine if you went on like auto text after yeah. shorthanded, it would be like shorthanded Marshy goal again. Um, Dude, yeah. Marshy might have the best puck control in the world. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think anybody protects, protects. I think I've said this. I don't think anybody protects the puck better than Brad Martian. But I mean, today it was like he was putting on a clinic. He was just He's, spinning around. It was like he decided, like, I'm going to show up tonight. I'm just going to make you look fucking ridiculous over and over again. I'm going to dipsy doodle your ass off. And he did. It's been a big talking point on Nesson about how much better he looks. And like Jack even was like, we watched his like (laughs) decline. We say the word decline on a guy who's been having like 80, 90 point seasons. But you like watch it over so many years, you don't notice it until he comes back post surgery, and you're now we're watching like what he looks like when he's fully healthy. And we're like, holy shit! Like you put up like a hundred points when you weren't feeling all there. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? Like it's great to see. Out of so he's many top things, 10, on he's a top ten forward when uh, when he's fully healthy. It's it's unbelievable how much he can. I have so many times said Brad Martian is the best left winger in the world. When we played the Capitals in the playoffs, the He's up there, ca- the yeah, cap, the cap, the caps are a good example. The Capitals uh, announcer was on Billy Jaffe and Andrew Razor's podcast, and he mm-hmm. made a comment saying, "If Brad Martian came to the Capitals, they would move Ovi over to give room to Brad Martian." Who said this? The play-by-play guy for the Washington Capitals. He said that? I think as far as being a complete player, there's no better left winger in the world than Brad Marchand. He has, like, more goals in the last, like, five seasons than, like, nearly any other one. I don't know what's going on in the left wing, but, yeah. no, I I mean, Ovechkin's Ovechkin. I'm not taking away from, like, the greatest goal scorer of this generation. Like, also, do you ever forget that Alexander Ovechkin is six foot five? I often do. I, I did not know do. that for years. I don't know why. He's mad. He's like 6'5", like what, 240, something like that? Like That he sounds is a right. Truck. That sounds right. And when you see him next to his own defenseman, you're like, wait a second. Why are you the same height? 
yeah why are you bigger than your demon and like um especially now when you see ov next to younger players on his team mm-hmm. it's crazy dude i'm he sorry looks- he's six three i was wrong that's still big it's still too big but like if you <laughs> six three is like not that big <laughs> It's too big, too too big. Get rid of him. <laughs> but like when you see, Calm when, down. when you see him next to his line mates, dude. I don't know. He scored a goal this week, and just his celebration. I was looking at his line mates. I was like, this is crazy that he's playing with his his children. <laughs> he also looks fifty eight years old. He really. It's just the hair. Honestly, if he dyed his hair, I would be it's like, he's tea. probably thirty three. Like he has the wrinkles. He just. I don't know, dude. The Russian machine don't break, but it sure do age. Yeah. Yeah, he'll he'll persevere all the same. Speaking of Russian, are are we gonna talk about how Jack Edwards says Buchnievich? Buchnievich. I, I I was listening to a Twitter video of it. It's so good. He it's again what we talked about last game. Like he's so big on getting names correctly, like spoken correctly that you think he's overdoing it and you're like, no, he's just the only one trying to do it correctly because at a certain point, like it's just, just say something and move on. Like you don't have to be a hundred percent correct, but not to him, not to him. It's like he works it in more often when he knows a guy's pronunciation is like a little nuanced. Oh, a hundred percent. Once he knows like, Oh I, yeah. Once he's like, I know a thing and I'm going to show you, I know a thing without telling you, I know the thing. So I'm just going to say, like, Buchnievich moves it up the wing, comes back to Buchnievich, Buchnievich, cross pass, back to Buchnievich. It's like, come on, Jack, we know. We get Just call him Buch and move on. Yeah, please. We get it. That's Jack, dude. That's probably how Buchnievich's mother says it. Uh, all right, I want to ask a few questions about the TD Garden experience. That, like, again, okay. like I was at the garden, like, all right, these these could be talking points. Yep. Uh, so, for those who are not aware or have not been to a game too too recently, now a thing that the TD Garden will do usually halfway through the third period mm-hmm. is they'll play "Living on a Prayer," and as play resumes and they stop playing it over the speaker, most of the crowd continues to sing the song. They didn't do it tonight. I was a little disappointed. I think there was too much continuous play tonight. Mm -hmm. But I think that's so borderline on one of those things that like really kind of annoys like the older generation. You're like, that's not an original six thing to do. Like, it's not like the storm surge, but like, yeah, well, I mean, think of like someone trying to do the wave at like a hockey game. I don't, yeah. I love it. Like, I'm not condemning it whatsoever. I think it's really fun. Uh, I think it's cool that it happens. But, like, I just am kind of like, who would not like this? I could see someone being like, I don't I don't care for this. Well, me. But not because, <laughs> but not because of the whole, like, oh, they're singing and having fun. It's because you're singing Bon Jovi. <laughs> like, Bovine Jovi. Bovine Jovi. Just like, just find a better song. That's a, that's my whole thing. Just like, sing Making My Dreams Come True. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. right. And it's already, oh, we gotta get right back. Yeah. So, like, that's the thing is like, it's just song selection. I love it. I don't I don't really know. All right. So can I submit one that like maybe we could do instead? As an outro? 
as an outro for the show. Well, what are you saying? Oh, oh, no, you mean I'm saying singing instead of garden. living oh, on okay, a prayer? Okay. okay. All right. All right. Don't hear me out. Don't hear you out. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. No, stop talking. <laughs> do hear me out on this. Okay. I'll bear with you. Bear with me on this one. There it is. <laughs> Oh, I wasn't done. Put it back on. Uh, oh my god! It's one of something to be like incredibly gotcha. complex that we all have to practice for in between periods. Let's put on Clint Eastwood by Gorillas. Most people ages twenty to thirty-five know all the lyrics to that song. Ooh, what about okay? I have I here. How about this? Halfway through the third period, your team's up by one. You're like, hey. Defense. Defense. You son of a bitch. And we all sing Thunder by Imagine Dragons. That's not Thunder is on the same caliber as Living on a Prayer. I will You're throw myself. I will throw myself on the ice and accept any legal consequences that may come as a result if I have to hear Thunder by Imagine Dragons sung by the TD Garden Faithful. Can I, uh, real quick, this is a deviation from hockey, but we're already talking about oh, Thunders yeah, Imag is... <laughs> or Imagine Dragons is Thunder. We have deviated. It's fine. I just, I, I really mean this. Put on headphones and listen to Thunder all the way through. And then when it's over, start it over and listen to it all the way through one more time. That's all it takes. Two listens all the way through. And you can't be doing other shit. Just sit there and listen to that song twice through and then tell me that you've heard a worse song. Just tell me. I don't <laughs> think that you can. I think it's the worst thing that's ever been made. It's like hardly music. It's the same. The best comment. The best comment I have ever read about Imagine Dragons is every song sounds like it was made for a Samsung Galaxy commercial. Yep. Dude, it sounds like it sounds like somebody like idolized Coldplay and and had never picked up an instrument and was like, I want to be just like them, but not know anything about music. Which what upsets me Coldplay's trying to be Radiohead and Radiohead's trying to be YouTube. So there's just like this whole We're diluting it as we go down. Yeah. Uh, what upsets me is when in 2010, 11, when It's Time and Radioactive like oh. came out, I was like, these are really good songs. Dude, it was really Radioactive was good. Like they're pretty good songs. And then like they just like kept making the same song and just changing some of the lines. And I'm like, this but is you all know the what? Same, right? The thing like, is, like back then when those songs came out, I was just, just a young gun. No, you son of a bitch. Uh Anyway, back to this hockey game, dude. Um, I want to give credit to somebody. Who's that? Craig Smith. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, Let me hear dude. it. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Dude came out after, off every face-off that he was a part of like a bat out of hell. Did he have it for the whole shift? No. But every time a shift started for him, the first 10, 15 seconds of a shift, especially early in a period, he came out like a bat out of hell. Dude, he was chasing down the puck. He was not necessarily creating chances, but he was he was getting passing lanes. He was he was being a nuisance, getting in the way and, and playing a game. I haven't 
really noticed him for playing before, but he was uh, he was getting involved, dude. I wanted to give Craig Smith just a shout out, just because we haven't talked about him, and no, and I think that he deserves some some flowers. Yeah, he hasn't really been in the lineup recently. I think that's a big part of it. I felt yeah. like I did not notice him. This could be a different again a difference in how we watch the game. But I felt like I did not notice a ton of Craig Smith. It is harder for me when I'm at the game to notice players not hunting or holding the puck. Like when I'm watching a TV, it's a lot easier for me to see like players off on the sides and like noticing like what they're doing. Um, I, I want to point out that I think Connor Clifton did a lot tonight to generate offense. Um, like in the first period, he had or throughout the game, I think he had like four, three or four really good clean great entries where it was like him it was like he was playing a forward it was like him coming up the right wing and then some forward on the left wing and like really good chances were coming from it which i just love to see and it just makes me so goddamn excited for charlie mcavoy to return i don't think the world is ready for charlie mcavoy (sighs) i think we've all i think i genuinely think most fans have already forgotten how just how good charlie mcavoy is at hockey it's gonna be it's gonna be a shock to the system. I almost I'm almost worried about what it's gonna do. That it's is like he gonna is he gonna show up negative. Lindholm too? Which is crazy because Lindholm's off to such an incredible start. I was gonna like, say he might be my player of the game candidate. Lindholm? Yeah, but but not really. <laughs> just because I said that the last just time. Just to force a habit. Um, but dude, Clifton, one thing about Clifton is um he much like Grizzly has just got to shut down one-on-ones cleaner. Like when he's one-on-one with a guy, I don't feel confident at all. And there was a moment today, I think it was the third period early in the third. He just had like a, a, a perfect opportunity to, to shut down a one-on-one. It was like a, a breakaway. He caught up back checked and all he had to do was just shut it down. Just stay involved. Is that your fucking cat? That is, that is Loki. Yes. He is eating wrapping paper. <sighs> Rooping pooper, as as we call it, correct in my house. Um, he got back. I don't know. He just doesn't break things up physically, dude. He did that same like, oh, I'll just block the shot. And guess what? He didn't do block the shot. Now there was a weird thing that happened that we were texting about late in the second, dude. Uh, Bergeron got called for a hand pass while oh, on dude. the ground when a puck hit his shoulder. What happened? What what exactly happened there? I tried to watch the replay. I was watching this game at a bar, so I didn't get a, a a great view at what exactly went down here. Yeah, so watching that live, um, the well, first off, the the moment play went dead, the garden erupted like furious. And the thing I noticed most was Bergeron's reaction. I don't know if they showed it well, like on the the, the broadcast, mm-hmm. but ve- like way more animated than you typically see Bergeron, like like instinctually not even thinking just threw his hands up in the air like are you fucking kidding me like what are you blowing the whistle for which like you don't see that a ton from him never like a lot of reasons like either just because he's very respectful or because he's like oh no i get it but he was very at least confused i'm going to assume livid to a degree about it but i i had to text you because they like you can't that's like one of those things like when you're at the game it's not like you get like the scoreboard being like play blown dead for a hand pass i had to text you i'm like was that a hand pass like that's the only at first i thought it was a penalty and i was really upset mm-hmm. but when obviously no penalties called i'm like that what else could that have been but a hand pass 
that was a moment where Jack and Brick sounded like an impression of themselves. <laughs> yeah, uh, because Jack is like, and they're blowing it dead with a scoring chance sitting there. Then what are they blowing the whistle for? I that is a mistake. When, I love when Brick gets upset because he doesn't do it very often. Well, no, that was Jack. That oh, was Jack. just kidding. Well, I still love when Brick gets That's upset. Jack. But... And then it's quiet for like five, six, seven seconds. It goes into the replay, and Brick <laughs> Brick starts his monologue with, "Yeah, that's the wrong call there." <laughs> <laughs> you really had to think about it. I yeah, love that they're the such a good duo. That. Hmm? They're just such a good duo. They play so well right. off of each other. I think Brick is a really underrated, like, color commentator. Like he sees great. the game really well. His memory is so great too. I think I think Brick is underrated because Jack is such a loud personality. But like in any other broadcast booth, Brick would be the personality. You know, like if you gave him just like a, a run of the mill standard play by play guy, Brick still adds enough to be a fun broadcast, which is like why, like as Burns fans, I think we're so spoiled to have Jack and Brick together. Like it's, they are a fun, fun duo. I think we're going to look back on this era and be like, man, we should have appreciated it more. Uh, I got really upset the other day. Well, in like the, in the heart of the Miller thing, there mm -hmm. was a lot of like, fuck Neely, fuck Sweeney, fuck Boston. And then people tacking on fuck Jack Edwards. Yeah, I saw this and I've thought about it like seven times since you sent it to me. I think that was just somebody... I still read it as a joke every time. No, it's never a joke. I promise you. I promise you it's not a joke. People outside of Boston, like I'm very specifically talking about the hockey subreddit, fucking hate, 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 hate Jack Edwards. Hate. That was the hockey subreddit, not the Bruins subreddit? Yeah. No, they oh, hate him. Okay. I and like, I, I was like, it's super like it at all. It's like, like I can understand, like, as I mean, we're Bruins fans. We're watching the Bruins podcast. I, uh, the Bruins broadcast. I'm super fucking okay with the play by guy, play by play guy being biased towards the Bruins. He's employed by the owners of the Bruins. It's fine. But if, if you only like see the clips of him calling a fight, because Jack calls fights with his heart, not with his eyes. Mm -hmm. Or like, if you get like really like cherry picked Jack Edwards videos, I can kind of see him not being your favorite guy. But for you to like actively Why, hate him Why, and then Why? and then and then feel the need to rope him in to the shit storm that was this this weekend, like that's so wildly inappropriate to me. Like time and place, read the room. Like that is not like sure if you want to hate him, whatever, go ahead. But like don't like let this moment have its moment. Like don't just like be oh also I don't like him. Like like you said, you're like you might as well start getting upset about blades at that point. Like. <laughs> No, I, 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 I don't get why you'd hate him to begin with. Because, like, those cherry-clipped Jack Edwards clips that you're talking about are not on your network. Yeah. You're watching them ripped from the New England Sports Network. So, like, you're sitting there in Edmonton just pissed off about something that aired on a television station that wasn't intended for you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's not meant for a national audience. It's meant yeah. for us. And like, you're just pissed off that we're enjoying a guy who has fun with our team. Like, I don't understand what there is to be pissed off about. I just, I really don't get it. 
it makes me really upset when people hate on Jack. It's like, I, I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. I don't know if you've known this. No. I met and shook the hand of John Sterling. Do you know John Sterling? No. Tell okay. me. He's been the radio broadcaster for the Yankees for like, I think, I think this year was 112 years for him. He's been doing it since uh, 1902, I'm pretty sure. 1912, sorry. Yes, it was right after the Titanic. He's been doing it forever. And I hate the Yankees. And I I hate his calls to some extent. I like laugh at his calls sometimes. He's like a he's he's losing it a little bit. He's a, he's a doofus. But I, I met him, I shook his hand, and I was like I was like, "Oh, you're a legend." And whatever. And we took a photo together. And um and it's like I never hated John Sterling. It's like I just recognize like, oh, that's their guy. So like when I hear a clip and I think, oh, he's a doofus. He like he likes the Yankees too much. I recognize in my head, well, it's not this isn't meant for me. This goes on the FM radio waves in Manhattan. I don't get what doesn't go through hockey fans' heads that hate Jack Edwards. Like where they think like I have to hate this guy because he's a homer on the regional network where this home team plays. Like shut your fucking brain off, you fucking dolt. Like just, just I don't know. That it really really gets me so so worked up. Like just don't hate on this guy who gives so much to his work. I'm such a stan. I know I'm such a Jack Edwards stan, but like just <laughs> there's insane. no like- need. There's just no need to hate on a guy who gives so much of a shit when all we fucking talk about in the hockey world is like like oh like the sport needs like more attention and like it needs more personality and it needs more this and it needs more life and it needs more this and a guy comes along who gives you that and you're like not like that fuck you. No, dude, how about like like fuck you? How about that? How about fuck you? Ooh. That's what gets me going. Turn it around on him. Ooh, how yeah, about uh, turn these tables? I saw a comment this weekend that basically compared said that Jack Edwards is uh the closest thing the NHL has to a WWE announcer. Yes. Which yeah. And like I don't even they did not mean it in like an insulting way. Like that just kind of like that is his style. He's just very animated. Which again, like I love that so much. Like, what's the alternative? Just like okay, also Jack is just a huge hockey fan. Like, there's like we've talked about this. Like, I would pay a, a handsome sum for someone other than me to make a compilation of Jack Edwards getting excited for plays and players on the other team. Yeah. Because when you watch as many games on Nesson as you and I do, as you and I do, you will know that at least once a game, if not more, like he picks a player on the, the other team that like he really likes and has so many good things to say about. And like when the other team scores, it's not just like, Oh, and they score. It's like, he gets so mm-hmm. like he, the call is still very heavy, clearly bigger when it's the Bruins because like, he's a Bruins fan, like a spoiler alert. Jack Edwards likes the Bruins. Oh no. Dude's from New Hampshire. Went to UNH. Like he grew up a Bruins fan. Like he is a Bruins fan. Like fucking get over it. I know. I get upset about it too, dude. I wrote a piece I, about this once, just defending times, Jack. There are times when Jack has like a big scores and the Blues tie it up late, like where he gets amped for another team's goal. Almost sometimes where I'm like, Jack, hey, reel it in, brother. <laughs> like I understand it's How an exciting moment. You? Like you're not on NBC right now. You're with us. Hang, come on, come hang out. Um, 
and it's like I, I I've seen calls from around the league where like I don't know fucking San Jose Sharks announcer like a, announces a tying goal and, he, and the Ducks score and just awesome. like that it's all knotted up dope and it's like it's like that I've never heard Jack get like that I've heard him like I don't know to to take the fastest and most exciting sport in the world and dumb it down and make it that dull is like almost impressive. Like Jack's energy fits hockey, which is why I love it. I could Ooh. talk about Jack Edwards for three hours. I was going to say, we got to wrap this game. Yeah, there, point. <laughs> the third period. Uh, goals. There were some goals. Uh, so the, anyway. the, so the Bruins are kind of sleepwalking up until, so Braden Shen scored. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't it really a lot of coverage around him? I feel like the world should have been a little closer in. This is like where like I kind of like doing some guesswork. I was like, why did this happen? Like, I don't really know. It was really good play by the Blues, like really good passing play. But I'll say after that goal, the Bruins woke up so much. Like they they, they came right back away. to life. This was the second period, actually. Um, and then but that was like what at the end of the second period, and then they kind of carried a lot of that into the third. Mm-hmm. And like they had so much ozone time after that happened like mm-hmm. so much like like an insane amount like so much i was like i wonder what jack is <laughs> saying what jack is saying right now um, i want i want to see the numbers for the third period possession yeah in general and ozone time but i mean bergy bergy drew that penalty early on bergy scored uh to take the lead in the bergeron bumper position no in less bergeron bumper position you get Bergeron in the bumper, Pasta in Ovi's office, and then Martian on the other side of the ice. It's like you can only defend so many of those at a time. And like all three of those are like really, really high percentage danger shots to take. And now put it put this difficulty on expert mode. Also, you're the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Already. So disadvantage. Roll with disadvantage. Yeah. So, I mean, that was bound to happen. That just felt, it just felt like they were going to win this game the whole time. Yeah. After their surge after Shen's goal, I was like, I'm not worried. Like, this, like, it was what it just tied at that point. Mm -hmm. But, like, just how they were playing, it's like the Blues are not going to be good enough to hold this off for long enough to matter. No. And then, yeah, Bergeron's like the moment we got that power play, I'm like, here we go. This is it. Mm -hmm. And then he scored. I mean, even with that, when it, when the score was two to one, I still felt like, ah, this is in the books. And then that yeah. for any goal, just like some icing on the cake, make it two. So I, I texted Joe before the game saying, Me? Yes. Yes. Oh. You, saying, no single oh, score tonight. Mm-hmm. I, I was so confident, blindly, un, unfounded confidence mm-hmm. that no sick was going to score tonight. And, and like to like right before Freddie's goal, there was like a couple plays where like anytime Nozick was near the puck and was kind of near the net, I was screaming. I was like, give it to Tom. Like, <laughs> and like when Freddie shot it, it literally like I think it went right next to or between Nozick's legs. And like I I, scr- I stood up and I was like, deflection. Like <laughs> I was pushing so hard there. I was definitely confusing people. At one point, I was like, I have a lot of money riding on Nosek scoring right now. I don't because I don't bet because I'm really bad at it. But I, I wonder was, what I was, the line is for him these days. It's I am just going to start putting $10 down every game for Nosek to score first, and then I will be a billionaire when that pays out. Got to be right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, might as well tack that on. I'll do a parlay of him scoring first, followed by like Freddie scoring a hat trick, and I will retire. 
I'm just, and I'm also really happy to see Freddie score. Like, again, I've talked about this. I'm a big Frederick mm-hmm. guy. I'm really, I think he could have been more physical through a lot of this game. Um, because especially because like, as my buddy was saying is like, he's gotten the green light. Like Bruce kind of, I don't think it was as explicitly like, I want you going out there and just being a big body mm-hmm. or Montgomery's words were, uh, hunt and hit. So I'm like, Freddie, go and do it. Like, you're good at it. Like, you're big. And like, as long as you're not like taking a penalty while you're doing it, mm-hmm. it's great. Have so some fun. Like, Have some fun out there. Honestly, yeah. Like, it usually generates offense, too, especially when he's like playing with Coil or something like that. So I was happy to see him score. I just I'm happy to see him succeed. I think it's good. I'd like to see him on the team, especially because he was one of those guys that went through like months, if not years of like a lot of the fan base being like, get him off the roster. Like, because on it and for a while, deservingly so. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a cool comeback story, and I'm 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 very proud of him. Freddie has a gremlin. A, He's just a little gremlin. Freddie has a cameo. A lot we of should, them do. We Jack should. has a cameo. Our good friend Jack. Can he be our outro? <gasps> oh my god! We can just ask him. Yeah, because he's our pal. Yeah. Um, we should get. Maybe we can do. <laughs> It'd be funny to to pay for a cameo. And then, <laughs> he comes on, and we're then, interviewing. Him. <laughs> yeah, and then just send him in like the cameo description a list of like seven questions, <laughs> like, and then just cut it up and drop it in here, like we're talking to him. But yeah, we make it seem like he's just our best friend, and he's just super happy to get talked to us again. And... Like, would you just say a bunch of words so we can cut them up later and, and you, splice them together? Will you write my vows for me? <laughs> On he does. <laughs> uh, Freddy. That was a lot. Of, that was honestly Freddy. most of the game to me. I like again, that like, was... I huh? The Boston Bruins. Yeah. Best goal differential in the third period in the NHL. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote down to the You're best. Hear the clicky clack in my keyboard. Best goal differential in the NHL in the third period. Mm-hmm. What do you got? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nothing concrete. You just Google it? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Stab use is usually pretty good for stuff like this. They were plus 21 just in throughout the whole game coming into tonight. Mm-hmm. Just type in Bruins plus minus by period. That's that's so advanced. I think it's hard. What are we gonna get here? Are we gonna get it? I think we might strike gold here. It's it's, it's not looking good, you. I'm not gonna lie to you. All right, thank you so much, Ooh. everybody. <laughs> Stand <Yeah>. by. <laughs> this episode. Dude, of- stay tuned for next episode when we're <laughs> mildly more prepared. When we might have the answer. Don't to this. throw shit like that, me at me off the cuff. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't shit like me on shit like me on the cuff. Don't shit on me. Don't shit don't on shit me, on my cuffs. Um, I have a question for you. A trivia yeah, question. Yeah. What's, ooh, this. what's up? Let's try me. Um, I'm trying something new. Um, do you know how the St. Louis Blues got their name? What they're named after? Um, I mean, like I, I think something in the music industry, but that that seems like too boring to be right. It is right, but I need yeah. something more specific. Uh, I got nothing more for you. 
they are named after Louis Armstrong. Are you fucking kidding me? I almost just said Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong's song, The St. Louis Blues. Wow. I cannot believe I sat on that guess and did not take it. Have you ever heard The St. Louis Blues? I didn't even know he had. I was just going to guess Louis Armstrong, not like, oh, because he has a song <laughs> called The Blues. I'm just like, maybe Louis Armstrong is a part of this equation. Well, no, it's not. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, it's literally, the song is literally called The St. Louis Blues. Tell me this song doesn't make you think of hockey. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening to Bear With Me again. I fell for that so hard. It's so late. Why would you do this? We'll to see me? you guys um, this weekend or something. I don't know. Yeah. Later so, this week. Yeah. We'll, we'll be recording on Friday for Thursday night's game. So a little a little later than our previous episodes. And then yeah. after that, we're bundling the Saturday and Sunday games together into one episode. So you guys are going to have to bear with, with me. me. That one actually made sense, so that was okay to do, right? Yeah, that was a legitimate segue. We can end it now.